bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. Crossover with Pastor Mensah Otterville. Hello, my friends. I'm Pastor Mensah Otterville, and I want to extend a very special invitation to you as we conclude the year. Each one of us can look back at the year and we can remember something God did. And I conclude the year to return my thanksgiving to Him. And that's what Crossover is all about. We're going to have great time in the presence of God, praying, believing God for something bigger and better and greater. I'll see you as we cross over. Crossover 2018, Independence Square, 9 p.m. prompt. And now, today's word. In Genesis chapter 50, verses 19 to 21, this is how Joseph summarizes life. Joshua says to his brothers, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, in order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people alive. Now therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And, be comf- and he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. These guys sold him into slavery. Their plan was finish him. And God who rules over the agendas of men turns it around and he who is supposed to be finished becomes a deliverer. Now when he becomes a deliverer, they are scared. He says, take it easy. Don't worry. Be happy. Because God used your agenda to promote me. May El Shaddai use the agendas of evil to promote you. What was meant to sink you will cause you to rise up to the highest heights. He is El Shaddai. He rules over evil agendas. He rules over all gods. I don't know what demon is trying to harass you, but El Shaddai rules over all gods. In 1 Samuel chapter 5, verse 1 to 5, children of Israel went to battle with their perennial enemies, the Philistines. The Philistines seem to have won a battle. They captured the Ark of the Covenant and they feel the nicest place to display the Ark of the Covenant is to bring the Ark of the Covenant to where their gods are. And they had no idea they are dealing with El Shaddai. The people of Israel may be in disobedience, but God is never in disobedience. Just because people fail God does not mean God fails. God never fails. People may fail, people may disappoint, but he's still the same. The Bible says, so the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from the Ebenezer to Ashdod. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it to the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when the people of Ashdod rose early in the morning, there was Dagon falling on his face to the earth before the ark of the covenant. So they took Dagon and set it on its place again, dressed it up. And when they rose up early the next morning, there was Dagon falling on his face to the ground before the ark of the covenant. The head of Dagon and both the arms of his, the palms of his hands were broken off on the threshold. Only Dagon's torso was left of it. Therefore, neither the priest of Dagon nor any other who come into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod to this day. They thought, well, the guys have been disobedient, so maybe their God has been captured. 
Even when you fail, God will not fail. Even when you disappoint, God will not disappoint. And nobody can make a mockery of your God. They may make a mockery of you, but when they touch God, they are in big trouble. So they bring the Ark of the Covenant to Dagon. And the guy falls on his face. And they say, well, maybe the wind blew. Maybe this coincidence. They come dress him up. I'm sure they wedge him around, put some bricks around him and say, hey, stand still, guy. We are in competition here. We are in competition. You have to stand still. The next morning they come. He's not just bowing. His head is broken. His arms are broken. And only his middle session is standing. And from that day, the Bible says that they themselves will not go to their own God and go through the threshold. Because God took possession of their gods and the space of their gods. And God manifested himself as El Shaddai. I am here to announce to you, you may be disobedient, but God will never be disobedient. And nobody can capture your God and imprison your God. They can mess with you, but they can't mess with your God. Because your God will always win the battle and he will always be the head. He rules over all gods. And not only that, he rules over men and women too and kings. Daniel chapter 4. This happened to the greatest king of the era, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Daniel chapter 4 verse 31. And while the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. And they shall drive you from men and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall, take, they shall make you eat grass like oxen. And seven times shall pass over you until you know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. That very hour the word of God was fulfilled concerning the book of Nazar. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like Bird's claws. At the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me. Yes, it will return. And I bless the Lord most high and praise and honor him who lives forever. For his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? That is El Shaddai. This is the one who appeared to Abraham and says, I am El Shaddai. This is the one who you worship. Every Sunday after Sunday, when you come here, you're not coming to a building. You are coming to meet El Shaddai. You present yourself to El Shaddai. You say, I'm here. I'm here. When we sing praises in the morning, we are not pleasuring ourselves. We are not making ourselves happy. When we dance in church, we are not shaking our bodies. When we dance, we are conscious of him. When we praise, we are singing to him. When we pray, we are not speaking to the air. We are talking to him. He has ears. He has eyes. He hears. He sees. He has hands that are not broken. And he's able to deliver. His name is El Shaddai. He is God Almighty. He is God All Sufficient. So he appears to Abraham. He begins to speak to Abraham. Now, if he is this powerful, how do we respond to him? 
how do we respond to El Shaddai? And God said two main things to Abraham when he appeared to him. First, he said to Abraham, walk before me. It is a call to faith. Walk before me. This is related to Abraham's attitude. If you want me to manifest as El Shaddai, walk before me. Now, what does it mean to walk before me? It means live in the reality of God's presence. Be always aware of God's presence. God was telling Abraham, just be aware, I am here. I am here. Because sometimes we forget that he's here. He says to Abraham, walk before me. Be aware, I am here. I am here with you in 2018. I'm here with you wherever you are. I am here. Be conscious of me. Secondly, walk before me means live depending on God's provisions. Walk before me. Not, not your boss. Not, not some, some uncle somewhere. Consider what God has promised. Keep your eyes on him. Depend on him. Man is good. Thank God for men. Thank God for doctors. Thank God for experts. And people who genuinely do their work to improve human life. Sometimes they come to the end of themselves and they say nothing can be done. But when they say nothing can be done, don't see that as the end of the story. Because God says to Abraham, walk before me. You've tried to fix this by yourself. You've got a young girl to solve your problem. But God says, that's not how I want to solve it. I'm going to use the old lady. Abraham, don't try to make it easy for me. I am God. Don't try to find another way to solve it. I am God. Walk before me. And if you want to see the power of God, you have to learn to walk before him. Be aware of him. Be dependent on him. It may be 14 years you don't hear anything from God. It may be 25 years nothing seems to happen. But when he shows up as El Shaddai, attitudes must change. Walk before me. Second thing he says to Abraham. He says, be blameless. This is a call to righteousness. It's related to actions, Abraham's actions, integrity. What does it mean to live, to, to be blameless? It means to live right before God. Do what he says. Obey him. Just do what he says. And live right before men. Be fair. Treat people well. Be blameless. Don't mess up. Basically, what, that's what God has said to Abraham. Don't mess up your life. Be blameless. Be fair. Be nice. Be kind. Have integrity. Walk before me and be blameless. Now, if you know the story of Abraham uh, a bit, you would know that after God said that Sarah was going to have a child. Abraham had to pray for somebody who tried to mess his wife up. He had to 
be fair. He had to be forgiving. He had to have kindness. He had to show integrity. Then his wife conceived. Sometimes we need to forgive in order to receive. Jesus says sometimes when you, you're going to bring, make a sacrifice before God and you realize that there is an issue you have to deal with, leave your sacrifice. He didn't say take it back, leave it. <laughs> leave it. Leave it where it is. Go and resolve your issue and present a sacrifice. What is he saying? There is a direct relationship between forgiveness and God's release of blessing to you. Bitterness can hold back your blessing. You are not God. And you can't punish people. They try to mess up your life, but you are not God. Let it go. Because if you insist on holding on to it, you are hindering your own blessing. Let it go. Let it go. Stop talking about it. Stop complaining about it. Stop always narrating. You know, you don't know what they did. Do you know what they did? They did it. But God will also do it. That's what Joseph is saying. I'm not God. I can't hold a grudge forever. You meant it for evil. But look what the Lord has. If you are seeking for revenge... One day, one day to show somebody revenge. Then don't walk before God. Don't even make God part of your equation. But if God is in your equation, he says, walk before me and be blameless. So what did he offer to Abraham? What did El Shaddai offer? Verse 2, he says, I will make my covenant between me and you. And will multiply you exceedingly. Two things. Covenant. Note he didn't say I will make a covenant. He says I will make my covenant. In other words, Abraham, this whole thing depends on me. But I need you to work with me. I'm going to do it, but I need you to work with me. I will make my covenant with you. It's not our covenant. It's my covenant. With you. I need you, but it depends on me. It's initiated by God. God will do it all by himself, but he needs you to work with him on this one. It's my covenant. It's my power, but I'm going to do it with you. I need you on this one, Abraham. That's the first thing he, he offers Abraham. Covenant. Second thing he offers Abraham is blessing. He says, I will multiply you exceedingly. The blessing is going to come in multiplication. It's going to multiplication means there's going to be a starting point that doesn't look very promising. But then... It will be exceeding. So if you look at Abraham. God says I'm going to make a father of many nations with you. Ishmael. Isaac. Later on Keturah had six. Then the promise goes to Isaac. One. So really it's only one. 
and Isaac, two children. I mean, there was no family plan in those days, but he had only two. Isaac, what's the problem? God says he's going to make your father, your, your, your father, the father of many nations. Now you are the holder of the promise. Please produce the babies, two. Jacob and Esau. Doesn't look like much. Two times one. Two. Doesn't seem like this thing is going to be any father of many nations. <laughs> look like this thing is a trickle. One, two. Then Esau, he just moves on and does his job. And so he's left with Jacob. Twelve. Now you are talking. Twelve boys. Yeah, Jacob. Good boy. So it's one, two, twelve. Then the twelve, they just go into hyper multiplication. That's how God works. He says, I will multiply you exceedingly. So when you see the one at the beginning, don't despise it. If it becomes two, don't despise it. Because 12 will show up very soon. And then it's going to be without limit. The problem is sometimes we see one. You say, God, after all these years, this is all you gave me. Yes. Because he says, I have a covenant with you. I will multiply you exceedingly. Don't despise one. Because one with God's covenant blessing will be exceeding. So that's all God gave him. My covenant was with, is with you. And I will bless you exceedingly. Then if you look at. Verse 4 and 6. God speaks to Abraham. Genesis chapter 7 verse 4 and 6. He says but as for me. I like it. It's almost as if God is a Ghanaian. As for me. That's, that's Ghanaian talk. You know, I, I haven't seen any British man that, that's saying, as for me. It's Africans who say, as for me. Me dear. <laughs> as for me, this is God speaking. As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. And you shall be a father of many nations. You shall no longer, your, no longer shall your name be called Abraham. Abraham, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations, and I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings will come out of you. I just want to shut down with just two comments here, and then I close. First, note what God says, I have made you, and then I will make you, two different things. The first is completion. What he has already done. I have made you a father of many nations. It's settled. It's settled in heaven. This is, this is the completed work of God in your life. It is not a process. It is an act of God. I have made you a father of many nations. So in God's mind, Abraham this father of many nations business done I've done it but Abraham says I have no, no child done one aspect of it is completed 
completed. I have made you the father of many nations. Completed. Done. He's not going to do it again. It's settled. Listen to me. There are some things about your life that are settled. God has already made you. Does he have a child? No. Does he have many nations? No. He has Ishmael, who is now going to go into the wilderness, and Isaac, who is years to come, at 99 years old. But God says, consider it done. Don't even pray about it again. Because I've made it, I've settled it, I've made you the father of many nations. There's that. Then he says something very interesting. Now, I will make you. Now, if you've made me, why will you make me? So there is completion, and the second is process. Everybody say process. Process is what God will continue to do after he has completed doing. Process is how he's going to achieve what he has completed. So when God is working with us, this is how God does it. He completes it in the future. I have made you. Then he backs up and starts the process. So he's not starting the process not knowing where it will end. He has already ended it. And after he ends it, he says, now let's, let me begin with you to show you how we'll get there and start. And this is how he said he would do it with Abraham. He says, I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings shall come out of you. That is a process. But all of that is leading to, I have made you. Your life now is not in, I have made you. Your life is, I am making you. I will make you. So there are some things in your life God has already made you. You are the head and not the tail. He's made you. You are above only. He's made you. He's given you the desires of your heart. He's made you. He's prospered you. He's made you. He's healed you. He's made you. He has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. He has made you settled. Now he says, God, how are you going to do it? He says, let me show you how I'm going to start with it. I'm going to start with one. And then we'll get two. And then we'll get 12. And then we'll get numbers that cannot be numbered. And then I'll produce kings out of you. And then I'll produce nations out of you. Then you'll become the father of many nations. You have already been made that. But I will take you through a process. Your life now is in the process of getting to where you have already been made. And that is how El Shaddai works. I am God Almighty. And he says to Abraham, I have given you my name. Now let's work on yours. You call me El Shaddai? I can call you, Abraham is nice. Abraham means exalted father. It's a nice decorative title. It's almost like big boss. Exalted father. But he says, now, let me just tweak your name a little bit. You are not just a title. You are a reality. 
you are now not just an exalted father you are a father with a definite purpose a father of many nations so you call me El Shaddai I call you father of many nations and your wife Sarah we have to work on her too you call her Sarai it's not too certain what Sarai means some say Sarai means my princess other translations say Sarai means contention but God says whether it's my princess or princess or, or contention God says Sarah you will call her Sarah Sarah means a noble one a noble one a princess seems almost like exactly the name she had but twisted you are not just Abraham's princess your purpose now is bigger than what Abraham wanted you to be Abraham wanted you just to be for himself but you are also going to become a princess of nations you are you are removed from just a limited expression of your potential to a larger expression of your potential so I'm El Shaddai you are Sarah you are Abraham that's the deal you call me by my name I call you by your name and if each one of us keep the names intact we are going to become what he has said we will become. Maybe today you are called sick, but God wants to call you healed. You are called poor, he wants to call you rich. You are called tenant, he wants to call you landlord. You are called afraid, he wants to call you bold. You are called weak. He says you are strong. I don't know what your name is. And I'm not talking even about your name on your passport. I'm talking about how you see yourself. Somebody once told me, he says, Pastor, I'm telling you the truth. I don't have head. I said, what do you mean? You know, when a Ghanaian says, I don't have head, it's not literal. It doesn't mean he doesn't. He means that when I learn, it doesn't go anywhere. I said, why do you say you don't have a head? He said, that's what my teacher said. My teacher said, I don't have a head. Maybe they called you, I don't have a head. But I'm here to tell you, you have a head. You have a head in Christ Jesus. He changes the name. This morning we're going to pray. The sinner can be called righteous. The sick can be called healed. The poor can be called rich. The oppressed shall be called liberated. The blind shall be called seeing. The fearful will be bold. The disgrace will be called honor. And I'm going to pray for you. That God will do something great and mighty and supernatural in your life. Just lift up your hand with me in, as a sign of agreement as we all come into agreement in prayer. And whatever your desire is, I pray, Father, I come into agreement with every man and woman, boy or girl, and everyone listening to me, online, wherever they're listening, I come into agreement according to their prayer which they have prayed, believing you as El Shaddai to show forth on their behalf. For everyone who has come to the Red Sea and doesn't know how there will be a way, make a way through the sea for them. For those who are battling evil conspiracies and, and all kinds of agendas that they can control, turn it for their good, Lord. 
For those who come to you, Lord, and who say, God, I don't even know where the next meal is going to come from. Lord, provide for them. For those who are sick in their bodies who say, I'm feeling this pain and I don't even know whether God will heal me. Lord, heal them this morning. Heal the sick in the name of Jesus. For those who have been told there is no time for you, it's too late, it's too late. Lord, make time for them. Make time for them. What could not be achieved in another time, make it possible in this time. Create a new time for them. In the name of Jesus. For those who have been harassed by their own Nebuchadnezzars, who are sitting on their, on their development and progress, may you, O oh God, rule in the affairs of men. Show yourself strong, Lord. For everyone here believing you for any miracle in their bodies, in their minds, in their spirits, let there be a supernatural release. This morning, be healed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Be delivered. I command that child to be born, that child to be conceived in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. He heals El Shaddai. There is nothing too hard for him. May the God of miracles, signs, and wonders show you his mighty right hand. And this week, may every day be a harvest of miracles for you. From Monday, from now till next week, Saturday, may you experience supernatural harvest. Miracles upon miracles, signs and wonders and miracles. May the power of El Shaddai be manifested in your life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hello, my friends. I'm Pastor Mensa Otabel, and I want to extend a very special invitation to you as we conclude the year. Each one of us can look back at the year and we can remember something God did. And I conclude the year to return my thanksgiving to Him. And that's what Crossover is all about. We're going to have great time in the presence of God, praying, believing God for something bigger and better and greater. I'll see you as we cross over. Crossover 2018, Independence Square, 9 p.m. prompt. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mansar Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-302. 688 000